0: Hope Through Exile is a new podcast that desires to provide a different message from what is present in modern society. True hope can only be found in Jesus. As part of that hope, we as Christians must be exiled from the world's way and believe that through Jesus, we now are citizens of heaven. This citizenship is guaranteed because Christ has already proclaimed victory.
1: Hey, I'm Dave. I'm Matt. And we are Hope Through Exile. All right, so... This is going to be a little different, Matt. All right. What's going on? I'm winging it today. Not as in winging it like I have a bunch of buffalo wings in front of me. I'm winging it as in (laughs) like, uh, I'm just going to hit you with this, man. I'm just going to hit you with this question. Because me and my wife, we were talking uh, literally like last night. I'm pretty sure because I was up pretty late last night and everything's a daze to me right now. So my wife is telling me, and I'm not going to name any names here, but my wife is telling me about this person. Uh, She wanted prayer because her sister has this friend that is in a marriage, same-sex marriage, realizes that this is not the life she wants. She was raised as a Christian. She is now coming to the realization that she needs to get right with God. So she's at this pivot point. She's in a marriage that is unsanctioned by God, but at the same time, is divorce approved in this circumstance? My wife is telling me about this stuff, and this is this is the thought process that goes through my head. I'm thinking, we are at a point, we, as humans, have gotten ourselves to a point where we are in a predicament. Same-sex marriage, not biblically sound. Divorce, not biblically sound. So... If you're a Christian and you want to get right with God and you find yourself in same-sex marriage or any situation that is similar in this case where it's like, what is the right answer? Go. (laughs) Dude.
2: Oh, my gosh. Okay. So with, with everything, with every decision you make, you have to go to the Word and see what the Word says. If the marriage isn't even a marriage that God sees it as being, if it's not a marriage under God, then the divorce isn't going to be under God either.
1: I see your point. Like I could definitely see the point of, okay, the marriage not sanctioned by God or not biblically approved, so then therefore divorce wouldn't necessarily count. Now, not sure if that's biblically sound, but I get it where the marriage would not necessarily be considered biblically sound right because it's not under the context of how the bible describes a marriage a marriage is between a man and a woman but here's the other scenario very similar a friend of ours again different friend this time <laughs> i don't have one friend that's just this messed up i just i have multiple friends thank god we're all messed up and we can all be saved by grace but different friend they have decided that they're to go along with the decision that their daughter identifies more as a male and they, they are at this point now deciding that they're gonna go through the treatments. They're they're gonna give their child the hormone blockers and start going through all the other medical type ways of transforming her from female to then male. So that's where it begins. Let's say five, 10 years down the road, this now male decides, whoa, I have really messed up my life at this point. I now want to come to God. I want to give myself to God. We are made in God's image. Right. God, it says God has made us male and female. Right. Transgender person, male, female made under God's image. Are they then at that point to stay male or are they then to go back to female as originally created? So
2: as a church, historically, we've handled homosexuality and transgender and that that kind of thing wrong. Yeah. A message that's being portrayed from the church is you're not welcome. We disapprove with what you do, so we disapprove of you as a person And the loudest voices, and I'm not saying the correct ones, but the loudest voices are those that that are saying that God has nothing but hatred for that kind of person. Mm. And I think something that we need to affirm through this and through what's going on is God absolutely loves the person who's going through this, who feels that way. That doesn't mean that God approves of the sin that somebody might be in. But God absolutely sure. loves them. And so he expects that from us as believers. I would say in that kind of situation, we should be welcoming to everybody. We should remember who we are and the the mess that we are. Yep. Not only when God found us, but the mess that we, we still are, the sins we still struggle with. And we should remember that and remember what God has done for us and what Jesus has done for us. And that the people that are struggling with us are, are being held captive by a lie that their identity in that is what makes them. Dude, this is such a heavy topic. I want to make sure I get it right. And it's so... so It's hard. It's it's touchy. Yeah. You know? And here's the thing. is like I know people who have kids that are homosexuals. And I will never affirm that you can do that. That homosexuality is... You can maintain that you want to stay in this lifestyle and God will be okay with it. I right. believe that you can... That's a struggle. You can... It is. You can struggle with it. That you can have that lean but God still wants to sanctify you and make you into the image that, that he has for you. It's been done so wrong in so many ways. And if you don't do it right, dude, it can come across as hate speech and towards somebody. And I want to make sure that I don't, I don't alienate anybody by the way I talk. So yeah. what I would try to tell people is that like God loves them. God has a plan for their life that is bigger and better than what they can find apart from God. But goodness gracious, man, I would just affirm time and time again just like I would somebody who was caught up in drugs and I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying sin is sin. So our job as believers is to love, to love, like just to pour our love out on them and to accept them and bring them to God and show them what God's word says and let his, his word and his spirit convict them. Yeah. We haven't done that very well, man. Like we don't let people know that God loves them. We just come at them with judgment. And when we do that, what what about our message makes them say, wow, I, I need to get some of that, that Christianity. Because look at them, full of judgment and malice and hate all the time. So let me, let me go and hear what they're talking about. Like Nobody's going to say that. But if we come to them say, "Like God loves you, this is what his word says, and he loves you too much to let you stay in this, this situation you're in and let God's spirit convict them of what God's spirit needs to do. Because no matter how hard, we can't convince somebody not to live in sin. It has to be a heart change and that heart change needs to yeah. come from God. Yeah. And it's nothing that that we can do.
1: Let me squeeze in here real quick. Yeah. The, the realization that I came to last night, most of the time, in fact, all the time, when it comes to sin, there is no right answer without God. There is no right answer because the sin in my life th- that I've done, once I start heading down that path of sin, I start isolating myself I start the separation from my family, from my friends and everybody else. And I just get buried deep into my sin. And at some point, like in my sin, I will literally go, man, this is messed up, but I don't know where else to go. So I just keep going. I just keep digging until I get to a point where I can't go any further. That's where God meets me. And God's able to say, all right, man, you know what? I've been here all this whole time, and now I'm going to help you get out of this. That doesn't sound as exciting as it is. It's actually just a great, great awakening and just so powerful. And I, I really don't do it justice just by explaining it like, this way. But what I want to go back to is the whole concept of a transgender finding Christ or homosexual, being in a marriage, looking at, what do i do do i divorce do i stay in the marriage what do i do literally no right answer here except for you really just need to take it up with god god's gonna have that personal conviction on yourself you're not gonna have the right answer i'm not gonna have the right answer and if you go to a priest preacher whatever they're gonna open up the bible and it's gonna say exactly like you know you shouldn't be in sin but divorce is not really the, the best answer either, and I mean, it was, it was kind of weird, like, when we were talking last night, it's like, well, how do we pray for this? Oh, God, please, please let them get a divorce. Like, no, what? You, you don't pray for divorce? That's, that's ridiculous. But then you also don't go, well, Lord, please let them stay together. No, that's also sin. So you just pray that they find God. You pray that they find Jesus. You pray that the Holy Spirit guides them through their situation this is beyond our capability we've messed up we as humans have messed up our lives so much that we can't possibly get out of sin without god same thing with a transgender cannot get out of sin without god you know i can't tell them you got to do this or you got to do this because in my own sin i had no answer and nobody had the answer for me, I could tell you that. Like, when I was in my center, if somebody came up to me and was like, David, you just need to do this, and everything's going to be so good. I'm like, shut up. That's not happening. God is the only one that's going to help break through the mess that we have created and help us get out of it.
2: So the Bible says that marriage is between one man and one woman. So what would your answer be if, if somebody was in a polygamous relationship? Right. If they had multiple partners and they were married, would it be to divorce one and stay with the other? You know? Yeah. Like those, those are just tough, tough topics.
1: It's the same thing. And yeah. uh,
2: I know our call is to, to love. And so I just want to go with that. When I don't know the answers, all else fails love. Just love.
0: Right. Yeah. This podcast is being sponsored by Hope Has Risen. Hope Has Risen is a drug recovery ministry where Jesus, hope, and recovery can coexist. We are committed to meeting people right where they are, whether they are seeking recovery or are family members of those in active addiction. If you or someone you know is seeking recovery or just wants to become a part of our community, visit hopehasrisen.org or on Facebook at Hope Has Risen. Thanks for hope has risen for supporting this podcast.
1: You know, that's funny that we're talking about love right now because I mean, we were talking about that on the way here. How powerful love is! I think it's interesting that me and my wife—we've been together recently now for like 18 years.
2: That's amazing. Yeah, we just we just
1: recently had our anniversary. So uh, congratulations uh, to me, mostly. Uh, No, no. Uh, Really, it's all her. It is uh, honestly all her. But she has loved me through so much. I mean, absolutely so much. And I can think of several times in our relationship, and anybody that's been in a relationship ever can relate in some aspect, that love seems to overcome anything let's just take the perspective of like a dog. If you've ever owned a dog, can't do this with cats. Can't stand cats that I don't know what's, I don't know what's wrong with cats They're <laughs> This analogy doesn't work with cats. Don't use it. <laughs> Dogs though. I have been so mad at my dog. Like she went through the trash can or has jumped all over the couch, wet the couch or something. I mean, there's numerous things that a dog does that is just ridiculous. And I can be so mad at her yell at her whatever two minutes later she comes back up just wagging the tail like hey what's going on you want to play she just like completely forgets that something that there was there was a conflict between me and her and that i was really upset with her and i'm still i'm still festering over this i'm looking at her like yeah you want to make a move right now make a move and she's like yeah let's play and then i just melt like i just simply melt Every bit of anger, everything that I'm just so frustrated about just melts when she picks up her little, she's got a little bunny. There's nothing left. It's just a shell. She's ripped out all the cotton. It's one of the things that irritated me. I had to pick up cotton all over the living room. But she just picks up this shell of a bunny. It's like, come play with me. And I'm like, all right, that's, okay, fine. Fine, I'll play. You're so cute. I'll play. <laughs> it just melts me. You've got like, what, five? Anywhere between five and 15 dogs? You, you late. Four. Four.
2: Oh, we okay. did have five. Okay. Did have five. <laughs> 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 yeah, dogs do have a soft spot in my heart, that's for sure. Love dogs. Love dogs.
1: Just that analogy of dogs there. I mean, isn't that kind of how love is? Like, no matter how frustrated we can get or whatever the circumstance is, we love just seems to overcome that.
2: Yes. When I think of the ultimate example of love, I think – of Jesus, of course. Being a Christian, you
1: That's fair. Hold up, that's fair. I think of dogs, you think of Jesus. Okay. That's fine.
2: Yeah. What's wrong with you, dude? Seriously. I thought you called yourself a Christian, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you need to tighten up, bro. <laughs> so when I think of an example on, on earth, like tangible in, in my face, I think of my wife. We haven't we don't have eighteen years together. I've been serving under her for fourteen. Together serving under her. Right. Ooh, <laughs> I, was, ooh. I was
0: about to say something. Yeah,
2: that's gonna with get me in trouble. I might I'm gonna just the editor ten bucks for, for that one. <laughs> We're keeping it. General Jenny. Yeah, I didn't mean it like that. It's just she's amazing. But so so <laughs> when I think let me rephrase that to give him something good to replace that with. So when I think of a tangible like love, this I've been in the presence of. I think of of Jenny, like in a and and I mean presence of like a real life person. My my wife, she was there through all of the addiction, all the lies, living in a car with us. And at the time, it was five dogs in in our car, and she stuck right there with me. And she had other ways to get out. She had at one point been offered a house to live in, and she stayed with me. And wow. uh, that is just a powerful kind of stronger person than I'll ever be, man. I mean, she's yeah. just, I mean, just amazing. When I think of love, I think of that. She's just an amazing, amazing person. And I'm so thankful to God for her. When I think of the ultimate love, I think think of Jesus, like the way he, he had loved us when he went to the cross, when people were, you read it and it just blows you away. They're mocking the actual son of God. Like, yeah. just... There had to have been angels like just ready, ready to, to yeah. yeah, I mean, goodness gracious. And he goes and he lived this life that was just perfect. And then he endures this punishment that he never, ever, should, nobody should have ever laid a hand on him or, or, or accused him of anything. And yet he does it and he does it for love and he does it for you and me and we can be free. Because of what he did, and he went to the cross, and you know, like we talk about how unfair life is sometimes. You know, like somebody will get a promotion over you, or somebody will get like win the lottery, and and these kind of things. We're like, man, life just isn't fair. But like, dude, do you want fair? You know what I mean? Like, fair is me dying in my sin and being separated from God forever. Fair is judgment. Like, we don't want fair. We we, we want grace, and, right. and we want mercy. Right. And, and that's what we get because of the, the ultimate sacrifice of love that was made on our behalf. Man, when when life hits and things get rough and, and dude, I'm not saying like I'm holier than thou. I moan and complain just like everybody else. Like I have rough days and I'm like, this is not cool. What is going on? This shouldn't happen. I've done this right. This kind of thing. Yeah. But then I think of that and I get put in my place. Like, do I want fair? Absolutely not. I'm glad that I don't get fair. Like I get grace and love in spite of the way I've lived my life. Yep. That's love, man. Like love that was poured out for us on the cross. And it was just amazing to see we can get, start talking about Jesus and be here all day, man. Because like you, you think about how much love he had. Like when you look at the thief on the cross, this, this always gets me. Like you look at the thief on the cross and, and when somebody was crucified, they hung in such a way where the way they died was their, their lungs would fill up with fluid and they they would suffocate. Right. So they either had to, to lift up off the nails that were driven through their wrist to breathe, or they had to lift up off the nails that were driven through their ankles. Right. So every breath that they took was excruciating. It was just absolute agony. So Jesus is up here on the cross and the thief on the cross is right next to him. And he, and he asked for mercy and Jesus who was just so full of compassion and loved this guy so much that he told him, he's like, today you will be with me in paradise. Now he didn't have to do that. He no. didn't have to comfort him. This guy
1: was it, a sinner. Yes. yeah, He's right there on the cross with him. But yeah. He
2: deserved to be there. Right. 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 And Jesus actually drew more breath to do that. He, he hurt more oh, wow. in that position yeah. to offer compassion for somebody who was dying wow. next to him. At that moment in time, he wasn't, he was worried about him. And I'm just like, like, how do you not fall in love with Jesus? Like, mm-hmm. and this is who he is to each one of us, man. Like, it's amazing. So, yeah. When I think of of love, I do. I love my dogs, man. <laughs> I love all of them. I love all of them. Yeah, they're they're amazing, and I get exactly what what not you're saying. Not to make saying. me feel bad. No, <laughs> no. And I and I love Jenny, and and I know you feel the same way when oh, I'm talking yeah. about Jesus. We've had that discussion oh, yeah. about his yeah. love many times, dude. Like. In fact, me and you discussing his love is what caused us to to start this podcast. Right. We wanted to talk about how much Jesus loves us and loves other people. So it's just an amazing, amazing kind of love. So grateful for you it. You know,
1: you mentioned grace, and just the thought process came into my head. I used to play football, and uh, now this is like middle school time frame. And I, I thought it was pretty big. I thought it was like a really good hard hitter and all that stuff, and— So I get paired up and you always go through like these, and I forget what they are, but you you get paired up with uh, one person, you got to hit them and you got to start blocking and pushing them and you push from one side or the other side and until the whistle blows and then, okay, then you you stop. You don't have to block anymore, right? So it's a block drill. And we have to do this repetitiously over and over and over again uh, until I think the coach gets worn out. I'm worn out way before he is, but we'll do it till the coach wears out. But anyways, I always tried to pair up against somebody smaller than me. Or equal, maybe equal, but not that much. Usually smaller than me. Why? Because, I'm glad you asked. um, (laughs) (laughs) Mostly because I wanted it to be easy for me. I wanted to just be able to just push somebody along and feel good about myself. I know this is going to get to grace. Don't worry. One time I purposely get put up against somebody that is a lot bigger than me. And I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is going to hurt. And this is going to hurt a lot. And they blow the whistle. They say, go. And I clash with him and I'm pushing as hard as I can. And he's going nowhere. But the funny thing is, is he's not really pushing me the other way. Like he could, he could easily push me. He could knock me straight on my butt. Mm. He's just kind of holding me there. And that was almost the whole entire drill. Now, I'm pushing as hard as I can because I'm, I'm just kind of prepared myself. But eventually, I'm just – I start noticing. I'm like, why is this guy not doing it? Like, <laughs> is he messing around with me or something? Like, am I really that strong? Like, I start questioning myself. Like, man, I, yeah, I have been drinking – I don't know what I was drinking back then. Probably just milk. But, yeah, I think about that. And, and that specific drill, that drill is what sticks in my head. And I remember that I've ran into that guy a couple of times, a really nice guy. Uh, his name happened to be Dave as well. We always call him Big Dave. He graduated from the same high school I did. Yeah, really nice guy. Christian, oddly enough. But it turns out, like, I, and I've never really just like went up to him and said, hey, were you going soft on me, man? Were you, were you like taking it light? No, never never asked him, but I know. Like this dude is massive. <laughs> this is he still today could like just toss me around like a rag doll. But he obviously at that point was just didn't want to put me to the ground. He just he was like, "Yeah, you know what? You're you're giving your best. Good job. Give him a little out of boy and let me go." That to me just seems like just a small amount of grace right there cuz I could have been humiliated, I could have been hurt. He could have looked like this awesome guy. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how good I was that it would have made him look that good. But anyways, he had enough power to overpower me easily, but he didn't. And for no reason. Yeah. That that to me is grace. And how much more is Jesus graceful when I deserve to be put down like a rabid dog? Even more so than that. This sin that I've done how ugly my sin is, how awful I am without Jesus. And yet Jesus gave me so much grace, undeservingly so. Just completely undeservingly so. Right, right. And he's not only like giving me an attaboy. He's like, no, actually, I want you to be a part of my family. Yeah. I want you into my kingdom. And I'm going to treat you like my very own son, you're going to be a part of this feast. You're going to be a part of all of this. You are in the family. I mean, to me, it's, it's just blowing my mind. Like this is, it's just beyond what I can understand as far as how powerful his love is Right. and the grace that it takes right. to do that. Best deal
2: you ever get in your life. Give what you have of your life to God and he will clothe you with righteousness. Erase all your sin. Forget it ever happened as far as east is from the west. And then you get heaven, eternity, and paradise with him. Right, And he says, when he gives you this, when he gives you this opportunity to come to him, you're you're waving, and it says you're an enemy of God. When you're walking separately from God, you're his enemy, is what the Bible says. You're waving an open war flag of rebellion against God. You're attacking the bigger bigger God, just like in your, your football analogy. You're attacking, and he's like, nope. 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 he's not going to put you down. He's not going to put you down. Right. And then at the right moment, man, <laughs> at the right moment, you call upon his name and this beautiful, beautiful transaction happens where your sin is nailed to the cross and Jesus' righteousness is poured out on you and you're seen as righteous and blameless and holy. And dude, that we're offered that so freely. Yeah. People wonder why we can't shut up about Jesus. That's why. I know. That's exactly why.
1: I know. You know, I was talking about earlier how uh, I had that conversation with my wife. We were talking about those situations, those sticky situations where we don't know. We're talking about gay marriage, finding Christ within a gay marriage, transgender finding Christ. Within those situations, how does this love and grace, as we were just talking about, apply in those situations? If we look to that example Christ gave us, like you stated, you know, Christ being on the cross, taking all his breath to forgive the sinner, that example of love and grace that he had, and we took that and applied it to those situations, I think that's what we need to do. So, I mean, does that seem fair?
2: Absolutely. I think so many times we forget our own sin, and then we look at other people's sin, And for whatever reason, we act like we should be offended for God. Like, that's our job is to be offended for God. Oh, yeah, you're right. And uh, it's not. God never said that. Like, we are to faithfully steward his word by walking in love and grace that he poured out on us for our sin. And, man, we can't ever forget the sin that, that he's died on the cross to save us from and think that somehow, some way, we're better than somebody because of the mercy and grace that was poured out on us, man. We gotta always remember that we are a sinner, saved by grace, the unmerited, completely unmerited favor of God. And nothing we have done ever deserves that. It's just all from God. It's free, freely given. So we should also freely give his love and his grace.
1: Let God work on them.
2: Yes, and let let God, let God, do God that. work on them. But our job is just to love people, man. Like yeah. and people seem to think that if you love somebody, you're affirming what they do. But it, it doesn't, it, it's not always, it doesn't work like that. No. You you can love somebody and let God do it, what God is supposed to do. And that's, that's up to him to do. But we're just supposed to love. We're supposed to love.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right, Matt. I couldn't agree with you more. Really to kind of sum up everything, that love, that grace, that really needs to just come from Jesus, be used through us, onto others. Uh, we're going to see that more uh, in our final episode as we talk about uh, hypocrisy, the hypocrisy arguments, and also some of that cancel culture. Those are some really hard topics. I'm excited to talk about it. So I think this was good, Matt. I really appreciate it. Some good discussion. I was really happy that I got to stump you. That was fun, but
2: it's a sensitive topic, man. You want to make sure you get that right. Yeah, you make sure you get that right, and I and I don't know that I did, but uh, that's why I love grace.
1: Yeah. Well, I I prepped you for next week, so I'm I won't stump stump you for next oh, week. No. <laughs> hey, I prepped you. I gave you I gave you stuff. All right, man. I'm Dave. I'm Matt, and uh, we are hope through exile, and we will see you next week.
0: Thanks for joining us for the Hope Through Exile podcast. Hope Through Exile is made possible by the generous support of Hope Has Risen Recovery Ministry. Find out more about their mission and get involved at hopehasrisen.org. The Shine FM Podcast Network.